Jacob, I have one thing I really want to know, especially after I walked into your classroom this morning. And I just want to know how you are going to survive next year without your kiddos that you've looped with. Because let me tell you, it was sad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know. They've we we've been having these talks, you know, that for people who are unfamiliar, you know, I did loop up with them. I don't know how they're unfamiliar if they're listeners of either show, because I think I talk about them at least a thousand times a month. But they're the kids in Rightfully Empowered, most of them, not all of them, but a good portion of them. Uh, And yeah, I've known them. I've known most of them for three years. Some of them I've taught their siblings as well. So like I've, I know their families. It's so funny because a lot of them like have been confessing. They're like, hey, you know, we didn't come by that often because it was just it was just so hard to only come by for like five seconds and then go away so now they're like having like these moments but they're all I I, I write letters to my students every year and so some of them have like three from me right six seventh and then this year and so it's like built up like over the years and so I've been handing them out this week because you know, the eighth grade celebrations are going down next week and everything will be crazy. And I wanted to make sure they got them uh, before they disappear. And so they're like all breaking down and like having these moments. And what's funny is I am too. These are so hard to write because they're not going away forever. I stay in contact with so many of my students and uh, and keep, you know, I always say my emails open, blah, 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 blah. Um. But yeah, it's going to be pretty difficult. Um, I'm not a a crier, but you're going to see me cry when they walk out. Uh, I cried last year at the end. And it's it's really, I'm fine until I see them breaking down. And then like, I mean, even like, I know it's like, like, uh, like even like the 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 guys and rightfully empowered and like them they're like today man I'm gonna miss you and it, it's so funny because it's like we've built this bond up over the last three years. There's no kids like them in my opinion, and they're so unique and I know all of them so well, and so they're going off. And my answer is I don't know. I think I'll be fine, but I mean it's gonna be rough. I mean it was rough starting this year without them. I was just like, oh, my God, these kids are different. You know what I mean? And now eventually, you know, <laughs> I love my students now and all that other stuff. But they – it's just not the same. There, there, there's less history. There's all this other stuff. So I don't know. I, I mean, I hope that I have set them off on a course of success that they just kind of channel – all of that brilliance into high school. And then, uh, and then I get to sit back and cheer them on. That's why I told them when they left my class first time, I was like, you know, I've been your teacher for two years. I was like, now I get to just kind of be your fan. I don't have to, you know, keep you in line all the time. And now you're going off and you're becoming teenagers and you're going to get jobs and be successful and eventually go to college. I was like, now I just get to be like the constant person. I was like, I was like, I have so many of my teachers in my life still to this day. I literally wrote a book about all the teachers that I still talk to and I on a regular basis. So, you know, I, I just try to pass that along. I think that's why uh, that I, I don't know that I would when I became a teacher, 
my models were the people who are still in my lives today, the people that I could still talk to. I could call them up right now if I wanted to and have a conversation with them. And those are the people that made me want to be a teacher, and that's who I try to act as. So as all of these kids grow up and they graduate, uh, you know, it's fun to take that next step. It's hard because they're going on and uh, they'll have their, you know, they'll they'll just people move on and stuff. But I, I have a feeling that so many of these young people will, um, I feel like I'll know them forever. So I don't know. That's how I survive is just the rational the rationality of it of going, you know what? I get to see them become awesome outside of this little circle. And so I couldn't ask for anything more. What, I mean, what other profession do you get to see your legacy and impact last for that long? Well, I don't, I can't think of another. So there you go, everybody. This is Craft and Draft and I'm Pam Ochoa. That's Jacob Chastain. And Jacob, what are we talking about today? Well, that is a perfect segue into uh, what we're going to talk about today. Um, We had another uh, direct message DM over there on our Patreon, just like you can at Craft and Draft uh, at Patreon.com. You can find that link at Craft and Draft Podcast. Nope, Craft and Draft Workshop.com. We're not Craft and Draft Podcast. That's Teacher Podcast. But CraftandDraftWorkshop.com. Find that link to the Patreon where you can send us direct DMs, support the show, ask questions and everything else. Um, But we're going to answer a question that has to deal with endings. Courtney is over there. She's a Patreon supporter. We answered one of her questions on a bonus episode and she was super excited and had a bunch of kind words today. Uh, Or not today, but when she sent the message and she wanted to talk a little bit about endings. So I'm going to read that question after uh, we finish introing the show. But that's what we're chatting about today, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Craft the Draft. All righty. Miss Ochoa. Let's go ahead and read Courtney's message. A very nice message. But she said, hey, team, I love that our Patreon, by the way, it is kind of like we're creating like a, a second little team, right? I mean, because we've right. seen them interacting with each other. They interact with us pretty regularly. Um, we're all busy at this time of year. But, you know, we've we found time to come to the Patreon and we've talked back and forth and answered questions on here. So it's kind of cool to see this world blossoming. But she says, Hey team, I have, I just have to say that you guys are beyond amazing. Thank you with all my heart for the episode, responding to my question slash rant. I've been using some of these strategies you suggested and my students, especially love to think aloud as I take the test, which was miss Ochoa's idea. Shout out. Um, she has also used, uh, the canvas of my life video, which I talked about, which a, a few other people had reached out and said that they had uh, stumbled across. If you haven't done the canvas of my life, just YouTube that it is uh, Jason Momoa's original video. And it's astounding. It's fantastic to do at the end of the year. So she wanted to give that a shout out as well. But she asked if we could talk about how to put closure on the year. She says, our kids have been through so much over the last two years, and many are deeply broken. The writing I've seen lately, especially in poetry and memoir, is breaking my heart. I can't believe such young souls, 10 to 11, are in such turmoil. Not only are my students going to miss the stability of the school day and connecting with me and their friends, they are realizing that their elementary journey is coming to an end forever. Many are showing signs of great sadness, while others are starting to panic. Man, I feel this so much. I want to lift them up and send them off knowing they will soar. This is what we're dealing with. This is what I'm dealing with. My eighth graders are like, oh, my God, it's all coming to an end. 
And I'm like, no, you're going off. I was like, you're going to have so much freedom in high school. It's going to be, especially for a lot of them because they're fantastic students. They're, you know, they're going to get, they're already getting credits out of the way and uh, moving on. They're going to have such open schedules in just like two years. And they're going to be like, man, I don't even know why I was crying about middle school. I mean, Chastain's cool, but now I have freedom in a car, you know? (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, before we, I guess, directly answer, which is the the ideas on how to send kids off, how to support them as they're going on to their next step. I just want to ask you, you know, you asked me about an ending. Do you have any particular years that have been difficult for you or are you are you really good at kind of going through this process of just saying, all right, it was great. Sayonara off to the next group. I'm probably a little sayonara, you know what I mean? No. Well, you know what's funny is usually usually I am. I mean, I've had so many times in my life where, like, Uh I've just had to move on that I usually handle it. This is just an especially odd year for me. Well, there's been a few. Um, Actually, over the years, there's uh, some groups, you know, some groups just, you know, express themselves and get closer in a tight knit community, so to speak, a little more than others. Uh, I would say, golly, I remember a group back, I mean, Bonnie and Todd. And I mean, it was a group a while back. Uh, When I say a while back, I'm talking about in the nineties and uh, they, they were a fun group. I I miss, I miss them. Uh, There was also, the GT group I had years ago, as a matter of fact, um, some of them, I was refereeing volleyball the other day and that whole class, not that whole class, but about eight of the, of the students, I had them as sixth graders. They have grown up. They're kind of like your kiddos where they've grown up and they've just kind of stayed together. I mean, they all went off and did their own thing, but they all came back and they're still friends in the area so they created this volleyball team and I got to I got to officiate and they were like Miss Ochoa what are you doing I mean so I can't even leave the other day um because we were all talking and chatting it up and it was almost I mean I could tell them where they said I can tell them you know a few things that they said even some stuff that they've written and that was probably back in 2000 and I would say 2008 was when that was. And so I still remember some of them and they're all adults there. I, you know, I was asking how they're doing and talking about, you were talking about how watching them become successful in your legacy. Um, they're, they're like, one's a lawyer, one's an engineer, one's a teacher. So, I mean, it is neat to watch them grow up and, uh, and, and do that. I've had, I've had a few where I'm walking, uh, like one time I remember this one that I had, I was walking in the parking lot and I, I really kind of scared me because he pulled up in his big old pickup and uh, he's like, Miss Ochoa, I mean, Miss Zugi, cause that was my name back then. And uh, anyway, he goes, I made it. I made it. I'm a detective. <laughs> and I'm like, well, as a detective, you just scared me to death. Wow. But it's neat. It's just neat to sit there and you're right. It's a great thing to have this impact. And sometimes there's an impact on people you don't even know. I've got a few that have come back and asked for me to be their uh, Facebook friends. And so there's a few of them I keep up with and they're having children and they're doing all kinds of stuff. So it's just kind of neat. 
for that. I've never looped with a girl. Well, I did kind of loop that one that I told you that they're Facebook friends with me, that group. I didn't loop with them in the same way that you did. I had them in sixth grade uh, reading. And it wasn't blocked, so it was reading. And then I turned around. They moved me to, they needed me in Texas history because one of our Texas history teachers left. And I had that same group in uh, Texas history. So I had them in a little different fashion. So, uh, and I still have their things. They, they worked really hard for me. And I still have like some of their samples that they left me with and things like that. So it's just kind of fun to, over the years, there's just a lot of different groups. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting, the ones that uh, you don't really know you had an impact on. I mean, I think that about my whole first group because, you know, I was just not a good teacher. And so the fact that any of them remember anything positively about those spaces is hilarious to me. But that that crew is the only one that I'm friends with on social media because they're the only ones who have graduated, right? Like I, I'm not friends with 80 of them on social media. I always say they could email me, professionally email, all that other stuff. But um, So there's only one group that I'm really friends with that right now. There's about to be another one. Um, but they have like reached out about stuff. I'm like, really? You know, and they, they see me as their social studies teacher. Cause I taught social studies my first year. So mm-hmm. that still throws me off till this day, but, um, it is wild, you know, like there's kids in that group who have straight up said, you know, I want to be a teacher because of what, how you were. And I'm like, why? <laughs> it's like, but it's, you know, it's just one of those things that our impact is, is so much more than content and, and all this other stuff we have just by being good people. I mean, that's like literally the whole message of teach me teachers. You don't have to be a therapist, a psychologist. You don't have mm-hmm. to be the greatest educator on the planet. Just by being a good person in someone's life, you literally make an impact. And some of these kids just don't have that. You just, right. they don't really have anyone that they can rely on in any significant way. And so teachers kind of fill that gap in a lot of ways. And so, um, I think it's a it's a really it's something to be proud of and to and to honor and and to really respect of what we do and I think that's why uh, you and I are so passionate about what we do is because we understand that this is you know this is this is a different type of profession this is why we get frustrated when like in coaching cycles when people just seem to not understand the weight of what's going on. Right. And that's one of the things that you just mentioned, the coaching cycle that I think you and I both, since we were coaches of teachers and I've been doing it, you know, even like in the summertime, but uh, we do have a different perspective and you do get to be in other people's classrooms and you're, you're like, oh, if you just understood the impact that you, you have, you know, and, and I think sometimes they just don't. Sometimes maybe it's because they're young or they just haven't had enough experience with it, but everything is either a positive or a negative impact. I mean, I still remember uh, my teachers. I, I remember Miss MacArthur. She's now got a different name. She got married. Um, but she was my reading teacher and, and she probably made the biggest impact on me. She, in, I had her in seventh and eighth. I looped with her and uh, I got to run into her. Uh, oh, I guess now about four or five, uh, maybe longer than that. Uh, I would say about eight years ago. And, um, but anyway, a lot of my teachers like that have, you know, they're, they're not here anymore because I'm, I'm not young anyway. And so, <laughs> 
So they're like oh, way older than me, some of them. But Miss MacArthur, I got to run into her and uh, it was just the neatest experience to get to thank her for making a difference in my life. And I still remember the book she gave me. And I remember getting in trouble because I didn't read what I was supposed to. And she just happened to call my mom. I mean, what was up with that? And I uh, got in trouble and it changed my life, actually, because really just because she cared enough to make that little extra effort. It just made, I mean, of course, it made my mom aware. I didn't like the moment, I won't lie, but I go back and I think that's probably one of the most impactful things that occurred to me uh, was the fact that she did take time to let my mom know that I needed to straighten up. And uh, and she didn't have, she had the, I guess, the courage to do it or the love to do it, but she loved her students. And that is one thing that i will always remember her. But I had an opportunity to thank her. And, you know, we don't always have that opportunity because when I grew up, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have those types of things uh, going on. So, you know, you don't really know always how your students end up turning out. But it's really kind of neat, you know, to to build those relationships. But as a a coach, it it is hard, like you said, when you see teachers that are like, they're just, there's just, that's one thing that they're missing is that relationship or that understanding that what they're doing is making a huge difference. Well, I'm always so fascinated by teachers who on the outside seem to be like that. Like they seem mm-hmm. to be, you know, maybe on the, on the too tough side or the too edgy side or the too strict side. But then they build these really amazing relationships with students and and the kids just really appreciate them and stuff. And that's why, like, I think that's where the old adage comes from that, like, I think we overuse it too much as someone who probably struggles with it. But like the, the, the whole concept of, you know, teachers shouldn't be like, we're not there to be friends with the students. Like the, the teacher that's the best friend of all the kids isn't necessarily the one that's most respected. And while I understand where that's coming from, I don't think that's always right. But at the same time, it's the, it's the teachers who are really good at maintaining their rules and those expectations and stuff. Sometimes those teachers are the most hated, but sometimes they are literally the most loved. Um, I mean, we have teachers on our campus who have incredible high expectations and manage their classrooms entirely different than me. And yet they are incredibly successful, both academically and socially. And I I don't know, it just it, it just goes to show you that there is no really there's not any right or wrongs. There's what works for who you are, the way you build relationships with kids in that building are different than I do. I think they're both equally effective. There's people that do it entirely different than what we do. I think you, me, and our partner, we're kind of within the same like little circle, you know, we're in the same part of the Venn diagram and there's some people kind of on the outside or whatever. And it's just always interesting to see where that impact comes from. But one thing that I saw from, uh, (laughs) Like I have students who that I, you know, I really just, I've like some of them in rightfully empowered. Like I just connected to them on such a huge level. And I thought like, they just kind of entertained me. Like I wasn't really like, they, you know, they, they liked Chastain and they liked the class, but they were like, you know, they weren't obsessed with writing or reading and kind of matter of fact, it probably annoyed them that I forced them into reading and writing and stuff. Um, and, but like I said, I write letters to every kid at the end of the year. And then I had some come back and they're like, Oh yeah, that's on my wall. Or I like all of the, like those I'm talking about. I'm just like, really? Like, <laughs> just, I thought you were just like done and like, you, you didn't even come back and here you are. 
but it's it's that stuff. And so I guess my first point for uh, Courtney here would be, you know, if you're sending kids off, I have gotten so much, you know, if you're, I don't know how many students you have. I've had as many as 135 and now because I have three blocks, it's down like 75 or whatever. Um, and that's a lot of letters. And I'm doing actually twice that because I'm doing my students and the eighth graders that I had. So I'm just like sitting here, right? I've basically almost filled up an entire journal with these stuff. But I think it's really impactful to have that stuff because one, handwritten notes really aren't done anymore in kid world. They're still special. Um I know I've kept everything that a student has ever written to me specifically. I have a little box with it all in there um, just because it's a little, you know, it's just different. It, it means you literally took the time in this digital world to sit down and write some words. And I think it's it's really impactful specifically for uh, students that might hide a little bit. Right. And, and handing mm-hmm. them something that has some affirmations on it and, and whatever. And especially if your kids are going up to sixth grade, like there's going to be times like if they're already having anxiety about it and kind of freaking out like mine are going up to high school, um, then this might be a really great opportunity. Like give them something to hold on to that's tangible over the summer. Cause once they're in school, they'll be fine. Right. They're going to move on, you know, so to speak, they're going to make new friends. Other teachers are going to take care of them. But they're going to have that kind of constant reference point. So that that would be one exercise that I think is really good. I know when I was in high school, my English teacher, um, she I think this is from something. So it, even though I'm going to present it like it was her idea, I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm pretty sure it's from a movie or something. But they had kids like we, I remember we all had like our like a piece of paper. And we wrote our names on it and then we passed it around a circle and then each person wrote like something positive about that person could be a memory, a comment, something like that. I remember there was this boy in my class who he got made fun of, not like really made fun of, but like picked on a little bit for reading the Twilight books. And I never spoke up during the moment, but on his paper, I said, I read Twilight too. It was pretty good. <laughs> that was the, no. <laughs> there you go. I re- but I specifically remember that. And we had, you know, by the time you see, you have all of these kind of like comments, almost like yearbook comments, so to speak, but it's unique to you. Um, it's kind of in this moment in the classroom. And I thought that was kind of cool too. So if you wanted to break out from you just kind of writing stuff, I think that might be something cool, especially if you have a good classroom culture and uh, it wouldn't be too hard for kids to write some nice stuff. I have a class this year where I probably could not do this activity to where it would, it would probably break down relatively quickly. Um, But anyway, those are some two ideas. When you think about sending kids off, uh, what do you think about Ochoa? Well, I mean, I like those. I've actually participated in that, uh, one of those things one time, but more of a, Actually, we did it at church, and uh, it was a women's group, and we sat in a circle, and everybody wrote something, you know, so each person got their own little book, you know, those little bitty books that are little notebooks. Yeah, it's kind of cool, right? Uh Uh-huh, and then we shared around, and everybody uh, did that, so that was very nice. I still have mine, and, you know, I can, I look at it once in a while to see 
that's kind of neat. Uh, what people notice about you that you don't always notice about yourself, especially in the positive light, because we're always so self-critical. But I'm like you. I have a class there. I, I, I you know, I, I don't know with one class <laughs> that might sometimes be what just, I need to do. <laughs> but I also like to have them reflect and go over their work, um, go back and look through their their craft and draft book, and just kind of. Um, you know, I know you do a real formal uh, reflection, but I do like them to go and, and look and see all the work that they've actually done and then have them reflect on that, um, even if it's just something small, uh, kind of talk about it. Another thing that I've done, too, is you set, you pull all the people in, a, in a, your students in a circle and... Um, they all share that one last writing thing that they've done. And so especially this is really good if you've created this uh, strong community of writers. Or you can even do it with readers. I've never done it with readers, but, you know, we you really could. But on the writing part, they just go around and they all do a read around. And we do that in, in Abydos. Um, that's one of the things. That's where I got that. And that's just a kind of closing activity where everybody just shares one last story. And so you give them some writing time and then they... Um, sit around the circle and then they share their writing uh, and they can write about anything and it doesn't matter really what it is, especially uh, at the end there. And then uh, the other thing too about the the book, if you've really got a strong reading group, they could all pick something, their favorite thing and bring an, ex, uh, an excerpt of it and then read around if you've got a strong group that likes to read. And I think probably in the fifth grade, unless you've got some people that are not allowed to read aloud or what have you, that might could be a way to to do that. I know that I used to do that at the high school. When I was in high school, they would all read around, but it was kind of a different group, different rules um, where they weren't so um, we didn't have, we had IEPs, you know, individual learning plans and all that kind of stuff, but it just wasn't, um, I don't know, as I don't have the right word, but, you know, we, we really have to follow those, you know, they, they kind of watch that. I think when I was, when I used to do that on a more regular basis, you know, I didn't know whether they could, I mean, that really was never an option to not read it loud, you know, right. they never gave that as an option. So I never had to face that, but I think that's some things that I've done. Uh, I like your letter idea. I might, I might even do that. Um, uh, there at the end. And I definitely like the canvas of my life. I haven't done it yet, but I'm probably going to, we're, our, my students are writing here at the end. They're actually writing, a, my honors are writing a literary analysis paper. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm hitting them hard at the end. And then, and it's their last test grade. And then my honor, my on-level kids, uh, they've picked a character from the outsiders and they're giving me a character um, study so to speak. It's an essay, but it's pretty detailed what I've asked them to do. And so that's all due Wednesday. So I thought maybe uh, Thursday or Friday, I would do your canvas of my life and have them uh, reflect on that and things like that. So I don't know. I do a variety of, of things actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do like focusing on their work. Um, cause that's what we kind of did. We did, uh, you know, every, 
like twice a six weeks, they're kind of supposed to write a piece. Some of them wrote more, some of them wrote less, just kind of really depend. But that was kind of like the standing soft goal. And then so by the end of the year, you know, you have uh, several pieces to pick from. Even kids that really didn't meet that all the time still had several to pick from and they were kind of shocked by it. But um, doing a project that I'm doing, um, they picked five of their favorite pieces and put them all in one Google Doc in kind of like a row. And then they wrote a brief reflection about why that piece represents them uh, and their growth as a writer. So I told them to kind of go back in time. And you didn't have to pick the first one, but the first one is a good place to start. Write about what kind of writer they were and, uh, you know, what, what did they do in their piece that they liked, what didn't they like now, and then kind of go and pick four more that represent who they are and what they uh, have accomplished. And that was really fun because a lot of them were like, I just didn't know I wrote this much or I forgot right. I wrote this piece. Um, and that's always fun for, to get them to do. That's part of the reason why we do craft and draft is uh, is to let them see their, their body of work. I know we've talked about that multiple times on the podcast, but – Letting kids just really experience how much work they're actually doing, because even though we might be doing so much, uh, a lot of that stuff disappears. I mean, think about a traditional classroom where you're just turning in stuff and it disappears. It might make the wall. Uh, it might get handed back to you. But what happens to graded papers? They go right into the trash or right. um, even papers that kids turn in. You know, sometimes you're like, eh, I don't want to grade those. And those go right in the trash. And it's just like, well, this is a little bit more of a a way to make their learning more concrete and to where it's more tangible. And that's, that's been a really fun experience to have them do that. And then I offered them two more pieces uh, that they could write, which was one of them was a letter to someone important to them or someone that has made a significant impact on their life. And then they had to pick another thing to write of five things that were important to them in their live this this school year. It didn't have to be related to school, but within the school time frame. And it could have been a person, could have been a song, could have been a restaurant, could have been uh, anything that was just important to them. And so they had to break that down. So at the end of the day, their project is one Google Doc. Sorry, I'm sniffly. They had to write five reflections on those, which isn't too hard. A piece that's a letter to someone that's significant to them um, or their future self and a piece that was kind of the five things that were important to their life. So it's all just reflective, right? That's all it is. It's not too focused on trying to get something specific out of them or try to put them in like a little box, so to speak. It's still very much focused on them, but it's been really powerful. And, you know, and I started it, I mean, it took us like, we started this like two weeks ago. So it's been like a three week thing. And I planned that out when I showed them, I said, this is designed not to work you to death for the rest of the year, but I got to get y'all doing something. Like I was pretty honest with them about it. Now for Courtney, depending on how much time she has left with kids, might not be able to add all of those things, but I think even pulling in some type of reflective thing where they're looking at their pieces uh, would be really powerful for you. When you have students look at that, do you give them a, sh I know you said mine's more formal. Do you give them 
a sheet to do that or you just kind of let them go? Oh, I have done again, I'm always trying something new, but yeah, I've done it with a form. I mainly ask three questions and the three questions is, are you surprised by the work you've done? What has surprised you about the work? Um, what is your favorite piece that you've written and why? And if you had advice for someone who is taking the class next year or for a new writer, what advice would that be? So those are my three questions I have typically asked. I, uh, you know, it's funny is I was thinking about this. I was like, when did I start doing this? And honestly, I did this before I went to the campus where you and I joined, but it was when I was coaching and then I had that class and I was trying to think of kind of the reflective thing. Cause I wanted to show them because so many of those kids had so little success in school that I had in that little 20, that group of 20, that I was like, guys, y'all just y'all are literally beating yourselves up. You have no idea how much work you've done. And so, I mean, that that was also how Craft and Draft was born and all that other stuff. But having the, those reflective questions in any capacity, I think it's just powerful because especially for someone like Courtney who, you know, she – you know, it, all people have to do is look at – a few pieces in Rightfully Empowered or on my Instagram where I share pieces that students have written uh, that, you know, a lot of my students ha- write about some dark stuff and they write about, like, I encourage them to put that stuff on the page and, and, and let their words kind of guide them to, you know, if not healing, then enough self-reflection to be able to process this stuff. Um, and so I totally get what Courtney's saying and, uh, and leaving kids like that, especially kids that you deeply care about, it's, it, you know, you want to do more and you want to support them. Um, you know, honestly, this is where leaning into your content can really be wonderful too, because we are writing teachers. We're reading teachers and leaning into that success is only going to build them up. Uh, you know, they might be sad about leaving and all this other stuff and they're dealing with personal stuff, but imagine being in that situation where you are worried for a reason, you have anxiety about it. But you know, hey, I've grown so much. I can do this. I've accomplished this. I'm a writer now. I'm a reader, right? If we can get our kids leaving our classrooms saying those things, then you're removing a piece of that anxiety that could affect them Mm-hmm. further down the line. This is where I think the, the, this is the, what education does. This is how it breaks the, the cycle of poverty or the cycle of abuse or the cycle of drug use or anything like that is by giving kids something else to think about and to be involved in. That's literally the only reason I didn't do the same thing. Most of my family did is because I had something else. I had music right. and I had success in school and I had, you know, I, I found ways to get high off of creating pieces and enter, you know, and, and, uh, being, you know, someone who entertains, right. And getting that addiction, so to speak, uh, saved my life. And that was because I had teachers who showed me the beauty of that, who let me be successful in my own way. So, you know, Courtney, you know, if you're sitting there and you're going, what can I do for these kids? Show them how successful they are. Right. I mean, even the kid that is, 
You know, like they're 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 struggling just to even meet your expectations, right? I have a few this year who uh, who have struggled all year to even be coherent in class, let alone successful on a test or in writing or in reading. But they've made gains. They've done something, and you know what? Your compliment to that kid, or whatever, it, or uh, pointing out of how much they've grown, or anything like that. You know, it really can be the difference. I think that is what the power of education is. And we started the show, this episode off by talking, you know, the power of relationships and building that, you know, truthfully, the power of content is that we can set kids off for a better tomorrow, especially if kids aren't fully comfortable. Like a lot of those kids who I think, like I have kids in Rightfully Empowered who weren't like in love with writing, but you know what? You know what they came back and said is they were just like, you know, I I just thank you so much for letting us write. Like it just, it changed my life or I'm so comfortable at writing now. You know, I can write in this class and that class. And it's just like, I gave them that foundation. And I think that's just, I don't know. That's the power of content to me. What do you think? Well, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I chose to do what I'm doing and with the honors kids, especially. And that's this idea of literary analysis. Um, you know, I've, I've broke it down uh, using hexagonal, which I also got from Abdos. I get a lot of stuff from Abdos, so that's entrenched in me. So everything comes out that way because I've taught it for so many years. So that's what happens. But anyway, uh, we've been reading The Giver, and I know that when they get to, if they stay on that pre-AP, AP track, that they're going to be doing literary analysis papers. So what I was telling them is this is the last year that they're going to have a reading class and a writing class, that everything's going to be combined. And most of the writing that they're going to be doing is going to be about the books that they read and the stories that they read and the articles that they read. And so if they're going to be doing that kind of writing, then I want to show them how to do it before they leave. And that was my basis. And so we... So we read The Giver, and because we spent so much time on it, I wanted to give it merit by turning that last thing into a test grade. I needed to have a third test grade, and it needed to be writing because our other two test grades were reading. So I knew I needed to have one that was writing. So, you know, but the idea was, to me, is to do exactly what you said, and that is to give them content knowledge of what's about to happen. And I, and I just feel like when they walk in, and I told them this, that when you walk into eighth grade, when you walk into ninth grade, 10th grade, and 11th grade, and I even showed them an AP writing. This was not at the beginning. This was like when they started asking me, so how are we going to do this? What is this supposed to look like? I mean, I don't understand why we're doing this. So, you know, some of them are saying that because it's probably one of the hardest things that they've done and when it comes to writing and reading. And so I showed them, I said, this is where you're going. And I just spent a few minutes and and I pulled up an AP um, writing essay prompt and we read it and they were like, oh, well, we're already doing literary. It talked about literary elements, but I said, you're already having us write about literary devices. I said, that's exactly what elements are. Techniques, those are the style, theme. And it had everything we were doing with the exception of a personal illusion in there. And so it was just kind of neat to watch them go, oh, 
we're already doing this. That's cool. And so I even had one go, thank you for getting us ready. It was kind of neat to, you know, these are the honors kids. So they're all like excited about, they like being smart and they like feeling like they're being prepared. And I, and to me, that's kind of where we were going with that. So then, you know, of course I break it down into all these different steps. So it's kind of like your reflection. It took, it's taken a while. It's not something that you just here, write this essay right now. That's not what we're doing. And they're having to find textual evidence to support. And so all of this is done in steps. So one day we do this and and then we just don't do anything for a while. Then we come back to it with fresh eyes the next day. And then, so anyway, they're now at the point where they have written something in each area and now they're deciding to how to put it together was really neat today was this one girl who was like, I'm not getting this. I'm not getting this. And so she's finally, I said, you will just, just, just do what I ask, you know, write, you know, and I'm not telling them what to write. I'm just, you know, I'm not telling them like, this has to go here. You need to start with an introductory paragraph. You're not, I'm not doing that. I'm having them write about pieces of the giver, the theme, uh, a character that they like, you know, just pieces of of the giver. So anyway, what's really neat, what happened today was this girl that was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. All of a sudden she was like, oh, well, Ms. Ochoa, is it okay if I, so she's got all this information that she's written on. She said, okay, today, if I, if I go ahead and when I do my essay, can I start right here? This just makes sense to me if I start here and then can I follow up with this one? And she automatically just started organizing this paper that is going to sound great because But I'm not, and so I told her, I said, so see, this is what I was trying to tell you is if you'll just follow this process, it's going to naturally come to you because you're going to know this. And she's like, I get it. So I said, so who's telling you how to write it? And she goes, oh no, this is my writing. I'm doing this myself. And I know now where, how I want to put it together. So it was just a, it was guided. It wasn't told what to do. And then when I showed them that prompt, uh, they were like, oh, well, we are already, oh, okay. So even if they don't remember what I tell them, there's going to be something in their brain, right? That they've experienced this before. So when they get to eighth grade and they have to write about literature and they have to use textual evidence, Somewhere in there, they're going to have some knowledge that they can anchor that on. And so that was my hope. But if anything, now that we've gotten to this part, they're all like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. So when they go in next year, you know, that they will at least have that confidence that they can do it. And I I thought that was kind of a neat thing. Well, and I think that perfectly demonstrates what I was talking about, which is just the, you know, we're we do a lot of good in schools and being teachers who care does a lot, but building them up in content is, is really something great to do. Um, and you know, Courtney said fifth grade. So it'd be interesting to hear, uh, how she would do that or, or what she was doing. But, you know, if she's leaning that way, then that's something that she can capitalize on. You know, I think the letters is a really good idea. Anything to show mm-hmm. the kids to, the, to let, let them be off on their own successes and the successes that you want to say to them, you know? And I, and then I think you're good. I mean, you can only do so much. I mean, there's, there's, there's literally only, uh, only so much that we could do. And, uh, walking away with a positive belief about the class. Um, I think if, if they can do that, then, then I think we win. 
I think we win. Right. And, 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 you know, I know that that's a hard, you know, topic that I just talked about, but I've, I started it early enough that we're finishing it on Wednesday. So now I've got at least three days there that we can do reflection and do what you're, we're talking about. So I made sure I left some days in there to send them off in a, in a proper way. And that is it for this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Pamela Cho. I'm Jacob Chastain. We are two English teachers down here in the state of Texas doing what we love in reading and writing workshop. We are close to the end of the year. I don't know. What are you doing for the end of the year? Let us know. You can always comment uh, here and and share things or DM, whatever you want. You can follow us uh, on our Facebook page, which we got to start posting there a little bit more. But if you don't want to do that, uh, you can check us out at craftofjeffworkshop.com. You can find us at Patreon and support us there. We can get bonus episodes that no one else hears, first in line to content or questions, and video content that no one LCs. We are supported by Courtney, Rebecca, Sarah, Amy, Mark, Leah, Brandy, and Alicia. And you could join this wonderful group of educators uh, and, and join the Craft and Draft team. I don't know. I think we're going to plan some summer uh, PD stuff going down. Maybe, uh, you know, setting up workshop, demonstrating our thinking and everything else. So uh, if you're wanting to jump in on that, then feel free to join us over there at Patreon. Or if you just want to hang out on the free feed, that is fine as well. Subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes. Share this episode with your PLC, your PLN over there on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you share podcasts. Thank you for listening. Rate and review the show if you enjoyed it. And know that we are here for you.